Hey, Dr. Mike here. Are your hips bothering you? Well, hips don't lie. Stay tuned to learn how to help them with our special guest, Shane Dowd. You're listening to Live Foreverish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your hosts, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. All right, welcome to Live Foreverish. Dr. Crystal, I'm going to start with you. Okay. We have a guest. We're going to get to the guest. He's okay. fantastic, right? But I, So, hips. I, I never knew how important they were until recently. Remember, I was telling you the story. Yes, yes. Yes. So I, so the audience knows we're going to talk about um, stretching and, and, and hip impingement and how that can affect not just your hips. I found out that a significant amount of my lower back pain was actually coming from a left hip that was impinged, that wasn't working right, that was... I don't even know the right words to say. I don't know. It, it, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started doing specific hip stretching that my back got not 100% better, but significantly better. So I am very excited about this topic. All right. Me too. I'll tell you, uh, I started thinking about my hips when I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they were opening up for a reason, (laughs) but hey, the baby's out. Everything needs to go back to where it was before, and And it's not quite there. So maybe we can learn about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so maybe maybe we could talk about the relationship between my back and hip and then your pregnancy hips. So listen, we got an expert, Shane Dowd. He's a certified massage practitioner, strength and conditioning coach and corrective exercise specialist. He fixed his own hip issues, mm-hmm. impingement, and now he helps people all over the world recover from injuries. He's the CEO and founder of GotRom, R-O-M.com, and the FAIFix.com. Shane, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. Um, so good. Did, I, I assume you heard all that intro, right? I, I was amazed that when I started focusing on my hips, my back got better. Is that is that a common thing you hear? Totally. Yeah. So tell us a yeah, little bit about actually, your story. My situation. Yeah, my situation was exactly the same as yours. I was getting reoccurring back injuries. So my back was getting hurt over and over again. And I was a strength and conditioning coach, and I was teaching Olympic weightlifting, like how to lift these heavy weights over your head. But even when I would lift light weights over my head, I would get these recurring back injuries. And similar to you, I found out the root cause was the hips. The hips were not moving as well as they needed to. And so the back was compensating and moving more than it should have and causing these these injuries. And so I was told at the time I was going to need surgery for it. But I was like, I'm 26 mm-hmm. at the time. That seems way too young to get surgery on my hips. <laughs> so I right. went down the rabbit hole of uh, mobility work and physical therapy and yoga and massage and spent like $26,000 on all these different therapies. Long story short, fixed my hips. And now I help other people with hip impingement. Fantastic. Well, I didn't, luckily I didn't spend that much money. I just saw a video. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was on TikTok (laughs) and it just, it it was about hip stretch. I thought, well, maybe that's what I should do. Right. Mm That is such an amazing story, and I've, I've viewed some of your YouTube videos, and I saw some of those. They're not deadlifts, but it, the clings, what it, whatever they are, where you go up in the air, it looked scary. Uh, and so you that is how you kind of suffered your injury from doing that. Um, and you mentioned that you were bedridden for a while as well. Yeah, for about a month, I was basically bedridden. I 
uh, couldn't bend over the sink to brush my teeth. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was putting on my socks and shoes for about a month because I physically oh. couldn't do it. And that was when I was told like, hey, your hips are really messed up. You're going to need surgery. And I was like, let me explore some things before I take that kind of drastic option. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's let's so let's back up. Maybe we need a definition, though, because I'm not even yeah. sure if I'm using the word right. OK, mm-hmm. so you mentioned um, hip impingement. That was your issue. I'm not sure if I had hip impingement. All I know is stretching just helped. What exactly is hip impingement? Yeah, it's basically it's a, it's the layman's term for, you know, when your your leg bone is bumping into your pelvis bone or or it's compressing some of the tissues. So if you bring your knee towards your chest and you get like a pinching sensation, there's an impingement happening. Yeah. And um, the modern the modern medical theory is that it's a bone issue. It's like your bones are malformed, which mine are malformed. They're not perfectly spherical ball and socket. And that's what causes the hip impingement. But what's really interesting is that I worked on the tissues, like what you discovered. Oh, stretching actually helps that. So it's I've got these bad bone shapes, but I did stretching and self-massage and strengthening and was able to solve the problem without shaving the bones. And so that's kind of the, the big revolutionary thing is it doesn't have to be a surgery to fix the bones to fix a hip impingement. It can be things that are more what you would find in physical therapy and yoga and stretching and massage. Okay, so you just answered my my next question. What were the doctors wanting to do? What kind of procedure? So they were wanting to shave the bone, shave which the the hip or the yeah. But I guess yeah. that's, that's the femur the, or the ball the, part. The, the the ball part in the hip. So they were wanting to just shave that down a little bit. That sounds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's, it is a big Okay, surgery. but, you know, I was thinking, honestly, I was thinking this is a hip replacement. Yeah. So I guess that's not, that's the better of the two options versus kind of replacing that whole joint area, shaving it down. But, man, that just sounds painful. Um, <laughs> and so did your doctors, did they say, hey, this is the solution, but maybe you can try a little stretching. You know how sometimes the doctors say, it's really not going to work, but if you're going to refuse this surgery, give it a try. Was it that kind of conversation? Yeah, essentially. I mean, the the wild thing to me is that, you know, you just said that sounds really intense, a bone shaving surgery. That's like a big deal. It's not just a, a quick and easy thing. And yet that's often first thing that a lot of doctors, not all doctors, will jump to is you need to, you know, get this expensive, invasive bone shaving surgery. Um, And yeah, what they essentially do is they shave the bone to make the ball more spherical. And theoretically, that takes care of all of the problems. The only problem with that is that you're not just bones, you're also muscles and tendons and connective tissue that attach and connect to everything. Um, And if you don't learn how to work with that, then just affecting the bone will not be the complete solution. Mm-hmm. And and so you were able to avoid that. So I would have. You mentioned some stretching. You mentioned some physical therapy. Tell us a little bit more in detail. What what exactly were a couple of the types of stretches you did? I I do this the one I do, and I don't know what it's called, Shane. Maybe you do. It's where you're lying flat. You bring your. It's my left hip that's bad, right? So I bring my left knee up, and then I just kind of make circular rotations with it. 
and mm-hmm. it kind of sh- and I go slow and I can stretch it towards the ground mm-hmm. and then bring it back up. I don't know if that has a name. Is that the kind of stuff you were doing? And and what else were you doing to stretch this area so you avoided surgery? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, stretching is a very helpful thing, and it's one of the three big things that I think helps. Um, and there's all kinds of stretches that um, can be helpful. There's what you were describing, which is kind of like a, a gentle kind of like hip mobility technique. You can stretch your glutes. You can stretch your hamstrings. Some people have really tight quads from sitting all day at a desk or really sitting for a lifetime. And so our hip flexors and quads get really um, too tight. And anytime there's not a balance in the length and flexibility of the muscles around your hip joint, something can be pulling the joint out of position and causing your impingement. And once you get it back in position by restoring the flexibility and mobility of the muscles around the joint, the bone on bone quote impingement kind of goes away. So I was doing all kinds of different stretching techniques, but also the missing ingredient for me that I think was the miss is the missing ingredient from even most physical therapy protocols for hip impingement is what I call targeted tissue work. It's kind of like very precise self-massage. So Mm. you've probably seen or heard of like foam rolling or mm-hmm. rolling around on some kind of like ball to massage your muscles. It's like a few levels beyond that. You start with a foam roller, you start with like a softball, a tennis ball or something, but it progresses way, way deeper than that. And that was one of the, the missing ingredients for me. So it's like once I added the targeted tissue work, the very precise massage to the stretching, the stretching became doubly as effective. And then when I added in strengthening, strengthening exercises, kind of strengthening your glutes, strengthening your hamstrings, kind of of to restore the the balance of strength around your muscles. That combination, tissue work plus stretching plus strengthening was kind of the magic fix for me. Wow. Now, what we're talking about now, the hip impingement, going back to my issue, (laughs) a woman's issue uh, from childbirth or, or having carried this you know, this huge load in your belly for, you know, nine, 10 months. Is it the same type of hip concern or are we talking about something different? Can you describe what's happening um, in the hips for women from childbirth? Yeah, I'm super happy you asked that because that was one of my first thoughts when you guys were describing your different but similar situations. Often for men, as a generality, the problem is too stiff, too tight. Men are often inflexible in their hips, Mm -hmm. whereas women, less often so, and pregnant women, even less often so, meaning you have all these hormones that are making your body more elastic, more flexible often. And so it's often not a lack of flexibility and mobility. My little sister just got pregnant recently, and she is a yoga teacher, and she said, I stopped all of my yoga practice because it was too easy to become hyper-flexible, hyper-mobile mm-hmm. with all of these pregnancy mm-hmm. hormones making you much more fluid. So often for my women clients who are dealing with hip problems, I actually don't have them do as much Uh-oh. strengthening and stability work for their hips. So it's uh, it's still the the TSR system, tissue work, stretching, and re-education, or tissue work, stretching, and strengthening. But the women, and especially pregnant women in pregnancy, will do a lot more strength and stability work. Wow. Very good. So would would that be like, I know, Mm -hmm. hip flexion type of exercises, or um, is it still like 
strengthening the glutes you know i'm getting my my exercise plan dr mike (laughs) (laughs) is it glute work is it quad work or more of you know you know the machines where you get on and yeah (laughs) well well, wasn't that suzanne summers thing too didn't she have like the where she did the hip thing back in the 80s thigh master master. (laughs) (laughs) something like that Uh, it can be it can be a lot of different things. It can be some of that Suzanne Summers work. That's what I call isolated strength training, where you're just really working one small muscle group, or mm-hmm. that glute machine that you were alluding to at the gym, where you get on it and kind of just press out with your knees, and it kind of works the glutes. Those are all fine. They're isolated strength training, but then you want to incorporate that into integrated strength training, which means more complex movement patterns, like the movement patterns that you're going to need to do in your daily life. Ah. Like in in the gym, we call it like a deadlift pattern. You're picking something up from the ground, but in your actual life, you call that picking the kids up off the ground, picking the groceries up off the ground. That's the deadlift pattern. And it's a, if there's more muscles involved, it's a little more. So you start with the isolated stuff and then you do the more complex stuff like squatting, deadlifting and lunging. And you get better and better and stronger and stronger at those over time. And that will lead to your healthiest, happiest hips. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love that we're talking about strengthening, right? I mean, yeah. this is, I mean, Shane, our, our podcast is called Live Forever-ish, right? It's kind of a little joke, little play on wanting to live long, vibrant, mm-hmm. healthy lives. It's not just more years, right? It's good years. And we talk about strength and muscle mass and all that kind of stuff because that's so key. Right. So all of this stuff we're saying is probably good even if you don't have an issue, right? I mean, we should be keeping our muscles strong, yeah. keeping our flexibility good. Mm-hmm. And so and so Shay, what do you say to that guy? I'm going to I'm we're going to go back to the men. <laughs> what, what no more pregnant people. What do you say to the guy who is like, "Well, I can't stretch at all. I can't I'm so stiff as a, what is it, stiff as a board board. or something like that. What do you say to that person, and and how can they get started um, um, to improve that? Yeah, there's two main ingredients, especially for the stiff as a board guys, because that's where I started at. Like I I used to, and I remember my first yoga class, I would do what they called the resting pose in yoga, which is child's pose. And it's supposed to be the easiest, most relaxed kind of, easiest position and it was painful for me and I couldn't even get into it. I wasn't doing like downward facing dog. I was doing downward facing push up because I had no shoulder range of motion. So I was like over here. So I was the stiff as a board guy. And the key for that population is two things. It's one, adding in that targeted tissue work because usually when men start to stretch, it's like painful. They've got no range of motion. It hurts. It sucks. And it's just like, uh, I'm not going to do this. I'm, 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 I quit my after my second yoga class because I'm looking at all these bendy people around me. <laughs> yeah. I'm nowhere near it. People. <laughs> and so I just I just quit. But when I add in, so when you chew up the muscles with some self massage, they stretch easier. It's like bubble gum. You chew up the bubble gum mm. and it stretches easier. Same thing with the muscles. And so if men will add the targeted tissue work, the stretching will be more comfortable and more effective. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is um, your range of motion, the length of your muscles, the extensibility of your muscles is governed by your brain. If you're tense and stressed out and kind of like up here with your shoulders up in your ears and just like tense and tight, stretching is going to be very difficult. So any practices that get you to drop and relax and take it easy and chill out like meditation or breathing practices, those things will make your stretching also, you know, twice yeah, as effective. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Now, just really quick, how many days a week would we need to do this? <laughs> like, how much effort <laughs> do I got to put into this? 
Well, I, I mean, given that this is the Live Forever-ish podcast and you guys have already talked about, you know, the importance of strength training, and I know you guys talk about walking and all the different healthy habits that one should have, um, we all have some kind of a physical practice, some kind of a movement practice, like something we do for our bodies on a regular basis. I think if you sprinkle in uh, 10 to 15 minutes of mobility work, most days of the week, let's say four, okay. five, six, most take the weekend off. That would be good enough for the average person. It's kind of like a, a body yeah. maintenance routine. But I, but, I th- but I think it's super important because the average person thinks that taking care of the body is just going to the gym and then coming back. And that's, right. that's, that's it. But you wouldn't say if you had a car and someone said, here, here's your car, the only car that you get for the rest of your life. And you're like, okay, so I'm going to drive that car and sometimes I'm going to drive it fast at the gym, but I'm never in my entire life going to take it to the mechanic to give it a tune-up that's not a very good strategy. And, and so you would, if you only got one car for your whole life, you would take it to the, to the mechanic probably once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, like the point is regularly. Mm -hmm. And so having a mobility practice, a body maintenance practice, which is the stretching, the strengthening and the massage, you would do that on a darn near everyday basis. So that's the recommendation Four four to six days a week of 10 to 15 minutes of mobility work added to your regular fitness kind of exercise routine. Yeah, you're, you're listening to Shane Down. He's a certified m- m- massage practitioner, strength and coach, c- condition coach, and corrective exercise specialist. Shane, a couple more questions. I, I'm going to ask, I, I know you want to ask about the mindfulness connection because mm-hmm. that crystals into all that. Um, <laughs> I want to, so the other thing about living forever is mm-hmm. it's not just strength, it's also balance. Balance mm-hmm. is so important for people as they get older. Um, d- we could talk about building muscle, but we don't talk a lot about stretching and stuff, Crystal. Are we missing something in our story if we're not including some of these stretching things you're talking about? Yeah. When it when it comes to balance, I mean, obviously how you improve your balance is you do things that put you a little bit off balance, mm-hmm. uh, and then you get better at balancing. So it's I mean, it doesn't have to be tightrope walking or anything fancy. Like... <laughs> I, I, I told my wife one day, if I could choose one exercise, if I could wave a magic wand and have the entire universe, all, all the people do one strength training exercise for their lower body, it would be some kind of lunging variation. Ah. Because you're, you're kind of on one leg, you're lunging forward or back backward or, or something like that. And it's balance training. But at the same time, it's strength training. Yeah. So your question was also, is, is the stretching a missing component of that? And I would say yes, because if you're lacking, if you're lacking range of motion, then you reach your end range and then you'll kind of like stumble to the side. You'll, you'll become unbalanced because you're lacking range of motion. So it plays a part. It plays a yeah. part. Well, but Shane, there's a problem with lunges. They're hard. What's the problem? They're <laughs> hard. They're tight. It, it, it's funny because when you say lunges too, I immediately go back to like high school, like basketball, so, football. We used to have to do a lot of lunges, especially if you did something bad. Oh, yeah. We'd have to do lunges like 50-yard lunges. <laughs> so it brings back really, really bad memories. But I do know they are great for balance and strength training. You want to talk about the whole thing now yeah the, the the meditation and so when we look at the four or five days five six days a week <laughs> how often Free for me are we including the meditation because you know that's a, that was a part of your journey that's how you transformed your body was that meditation aspect so what was what was your strategy did you use an app to help you meditate how many days a week did you do it 
and, and do you still meditate? Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit of an extreme in the sense that when I, when I, when I try something, I go, I go all in. So like I, I didn't start with the app and the five minutes a day, which is a totally valid recommendation. Like start with one minute a day and work through up to two, three, four, five, totally valid. But that's also not me. And so I said, I'm going to go and do a retreat right from the get go. I've been oh. like reading books about it, reading the power of now, extreme. reading these books about being in the present moment and the, and the helpfulness of mindful of mindfulness and meditation. And I just decided I'm going to go do a retreat. So I did a 10 day retreat absolutely fell in love with it because the difference in how my brain felt before and after was like worlds apart because it was a hundred hours of meditation in a 10 day period, 10 hours a day Whoa. Uh, for 10 days. That's no intense. And that was, no way. that was, that was 10 years ago. And I've been going to those retreats, 10, 20, 30, 45 I day retreats. No and I meditate, I... <laughs> meditate about two hours a day. Um, and I'm not saying that that's what everyone needs to do because that's, unrealistic for most people i just happen to love it and the more i meditate the how about, healthier how about, and happier my brain feels how about three minutes a day for <laughs> for, for that's probably more aligned with what i'm doing yeah i think so but you know i guess i understand because you were you had lost all mobility you couldn't care for yourself that's yeah, traumatic that's, yeah, and, yeah. and you probably said okay i'm going all in and and so I commend you for that. Yeah. But I think the three, <laughs> three to four minutes, but Dr. Mike, that's more my style. <laughs> well, actually, here's the good news is you don't have to add any more minutes into your day to have a separate meditation practice unless you feel called to it. That's great. But you can do what I call mobility meditation, which is in those 10 to 15 minutes a day that you're doing stretching, you're doing it with your eyes closed. You're doing it mindfully. You're doing it in a calm down down regulated kind of way so you're getting a mm -hmm. two for one and your mobility work your stretching is going to be more effective because you're relaxed and you can't be tense and tight while trying to stretch it doesn't Crystal. work you I gotta put it. the music down you gotta put the kids we gotta put blake your husband somewhere else <laughs> hey yeah. so shane I, you know just to wrap up um great great conversation with you thanks for coming on um tell like if you had one thing to say in summary, kind of to our audience, what would it be about strength, stretching, hip impingement? What, what would be that one word you'd like to leave with? Mm, I think I would leave you with a small, short quote. I don't remember exactly by who it's by, but it says, the secret of your success is found in your daily routine. Oh. You want to change your life, change something you do daily. Yeah. And so I would encourage everyone to start a at least 10 to 15 minutes a day self-care mobility practice that includes some massaging, stretching, and strengthening. And um, that will have your living as long as it can and feeling as good as it can on that journey. Live forever-ish. Love it. That's what it is. I almost, I almost cried. Yeah. That was <laughs> she, awesome. But she does cry at a lot of things, so don't get too worked up about that. So this is Shane Dowd. He is a certified massage practitioner. He is the CEO and founder um, of gotrom.com. So I, I figure that's a website they can go to if they want to learn more, but also the faifix.com, correct? Yeah. So gotrom.com is the big umbrella that houses all of my fix injury programs, my flexibility programs. And then the FAI fix, FAI stands for femoral acetabular impingement, which as we've been talking about just means hip impingement. So the faifix.com is the, the website specifically for anyone who's dealing with hip problems. 
Listen, Shane, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, you can go to liveforevers.com. Uh, a lot of other podcasts there. When you go, please download, like, and share. Subscribe so you never miss a show. We call it the one-two punch at liveforevers.com. Krista, you want to do the one-two punch? Ready? <laughs> one-two punch. Uh, give us your email because you can join the Live Forever family. You'll get some newsletters and you know to keep up to date, but you can also subscribe on that page as well. That's liveforeverish.com. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.